Welcome back to season two of the Love Letters to Virginia podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Pazmino. Thanks for listening. Caroline Gallagher and Chelsea Vaughn of Call Her Esquire are best friends and law firm partners. They are located in Roanoke, Virginia, and represent McGee, Goldstein, Lasky, and Sayers. You can find them online at www.mglspc.com. And for the month of January, they are offering 50% off of legal consultations for Love Letters to Virginia listeners. Thanks, guys. My name is Caroline Gallagher. I focus my law practice in cannabis business law and getting businesses licensed and under compliance with Virginia-specific regulations. My name is Chelsea Vaughn. I focus on two different areas of the law. The two areas that I focus on are criminal defense, anything from speeding tickets to murders, rapes, any of those types of charges. Um, And then on the family law side, I focus on divorce, custody, support, um, really anything that has to do with family law. Um, And we both love what we do, which is great. We enjoy the work. You hear a lot of crazy stories about attorneys who I think just, you know, they don't have a work-life balance. They don't like the people they work with. They're overworked. And I don't know, we're really fortunate as, you know, best friends and law partners to be able to love what we do. Hey, how are you two doing? We're doing really well. We're very excited to be on your podcast. Thank you for taking the time today. Absolutely. We are always excited to talk to anyone who is looking to promote Virginia. We love it here. I'm born and raised here. So we're excited about what your podcast does and the attention that it draws to Virginia. Yeah, I'm actually the transplant. She's the local. So it's kind of funny. We, uh, we ended up together. But just to like kind of preface everything, like we're going to be talking about, I wanted to first say that the information we provide today and everything that we'll talk about is really not intended to constitute any kind of legal advice. Instead, it's really just for general informational purposes and just to kind of give everyone an idea of what we do here specifically in Virginia, um, as opposed to, you know, what could be the legalization or the legislation or anything like that in other states had to get the legalese out of the way and now we're ready to have some fun so (laughs) so you two are based out of Roanoke correct we are we're based in Roanoke Virginia um we actually went to law school together and then both settled here afterwards so she kind of came back to her roots I transplanted myself and um yeah here we are Okay, nice. Did you go to a university? There's going to be a lot more changes. Um, Basically, the entire bill that was passed in July has to get reenacted. So that basically means the General Assembly has to vote on it again. Um, And we're not expecting that until sometime this year. And I actually get to say that now it's 2022. Um, It's here. 
the big thing that happened uh, last month in December was actually the Cannabis Oversight Committee, which was kind of a subcommittee of the General Assembly devoted to cannabis, uh, basically voted to move the retail sales date from January 1st, 2024 to January 1st, 2023. Um, but that looks like it would really only be for medical marijuana process, uh, medical marijuana facilities that are currently um, licensed to begin selling recreationally to the public in Virginia. Um, so it's, you know, that hasn't obviously been formalized, that hasn't been passed by the General Assembly, but that's the vote that um, has been taken so far. So we'll see where that goes, but yeah. We're anticipating a lot of changes. Some of them um, I just think are gonna be something that comes out of the blue. Some of them we already know um, are coming under attack. The social equity provisions of our legislation um, have definitely come under fire by Youngkin, especially just in the past week. Um, he mentioned that that was a non-starter for him if he was gonna vote on the legislation. So, and that's a big piece the Democrats have wanted in and that you know a lot of other states have. So we'll see there's gonna be some political gamesmanship on that. Not too bad. It's, um, you know, it's been a long road to get here. Um, it's nice to uh, finally be rounding some corners. I think some of the interesting things like that are Virginia specific are um, basically, you know, a lot of people don't even know that our state and the colonies in general um, were actually, when they were first established, it was illegal to actually not produce hemp on a certain percentage of your acreage if you were a farmer. And so we've come a long way in trying to, you know, almost, you know, come full circle, but it is interesting how Virginia, you know, is, is getting there. We're definitely the first southern state that legalized recreationally so that's a really big deal i definitely think it's promising but are there any setbacks that you're really anticipating with this for the more emerging businesses yeah i mean the setbacks are really going to come for the little guys so the setbacks you're gonna you know you're looking at small and medium-sized businesses which are you know everyone that i basically represent um, if you are in that category, it's looking right now, and this is not for sure, but it's looking like the big guys are going to have kind of the first seat at the table, which we've you know, seen in a lot of states, hoped it wasn't going to happen here, but it looks like the medical marijuana processors, or medical marijuana facilities, they're all MSOs, which are multi-state operators, um, very large conglomerations. They are all going to be able to open basically their doors early to recreational sales, um, making it harder for the little guy to kind of enter the scene when 2024 does roll around. So just trying to establish your client base, things like that, it's difficult. And this is not an industry that's really mom and pop friendly in the way any other industry is. It's really not geared towards, you know, what the legislation is carving out as micro businesses. Um, so as much as I would like to say it is, it's just, it's really difficult until federally you know, it's legal um, because right now there it's, you know, completely illegal. It's a schedule one controlled substance under the federal controlled substance act. Um, really meaning that it's illegal to produce, distribute, sell, or use even for medical purposes. So the, the federal law is really behind where, you know, a lot of the states are now. So we're just hoping that catches up. Possession and uh, home cultivation. So basically anything, you know, someone's doing on an individual scale is safe. Um, it's going to, it's going to get passed. 
Um, I would say everything else gets passed too, but there's going to be a lot of um, political maneuvering and everyone kind of posturing for what, you know, they deem is super important in this bill. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I, it's going to happen. I'm hoping that we just can stick to the same timeline. That's the biggest piece. Do you feel like maybe this will have to force business owners to approach this more creatively, or do you think it's really just a kind of a wait and try to get as much information as you can? It's both. And it's also how risk adverse are you and how risk adverse, you know, is your business model? Um, What you saw in California was that they, and hopefully we're going to completely not do this, but there's always the potential, you know, someone buys a building or starts leasing a building that is, you know, completely in the safe zone, away from schools, away from churches, religious facilities, things like that. Um, They find the perfect spot, right? You know, those perfect spots are usually coming at a premium because there's only so many of them in your community. So they were holding on to these spots, they submit their applications, and some of them didn't hear back for two plus years on their applications. Um, due to, you know, lawsuits that were filed due to, you know, whatever else, you know, administrative proceedings, not having enough admin there to just process applications, just boots on the ground. There's a lot of problems that can happen. So you have people sometimes spending, you know, over, you know, into the six figures on what their lease was and what their, you know, costs were just holding onto property. And just that alone is an extremely, you know, large expense. So hopefully we don't, you know, have something like that that trips, you know, a lot of people up because a lot of people are starting to actually invest money into buildings and equipment and things like that, that, you know, they're anticipating they can get their license. Hopefully it's done quickly and hopefully they actually get it. There's really no guarantee that you do. We have caps in Virginia. I won't, not entirely sure on what those will be after the new legislation is passed. We know what they look like now. Um, But nonetheless, there will be a limited number of licenses. And you're talking about when New Jersey just this past month, just in December, opened up their um, recreational portal for applications, not for retail, but for manufacturing cultivation. They had 500 applications in the first hour of being open. So (laughs) it is a highly competitive market. And I know that we're going to see that here in Virginia. Definitely. So considering the fact that it is such an emerging business in this area, when did you decide to make this your focus? So um, when I was done with law school, I ended up taking a job as general counsel at a financial advising firm, which if you know the financial world at all, it's a highly regulated industry. Um, Working with the SEC, working with FINRA, these are all highly regulated entities that are governing a lot of compliance pieces and things like that. So I got very familiar with that. I know compliance really well, regs really well. Um, This seemed kind of a natural transition for me. Um, Chelsea had actually been at this firm. We're at McGee Goldstein here in Roanoke, right downtown. And um, Chelsea had been here about a year and was like, you know, we're thinking about expanding into some new practice areas. Would you be interested in coming on board? And it just seemed like the right time, the right opportunity. And uh, an opportunity to get ahead of it, really start, you know, focusing, learning everything that I can. Um, And really what you do, you know, trying to inform, educate myself and then educate others. So it worked out really well as a partnership. Excellent. So what do you think is next for you both? We definitely want to continue to grow the firm here, Um, you know, maybe bring in some different practice areas as well. 
expand. Uh, we are both partners at this firm, so we would, you know, like to grow that. It is a process, though. You know, you have to have correct procedures in place. You have to make sure that you have the staff to support the attorneys. Um, so we're, we're here to grow. We want to expand the business. We want to bring in other associates, other partners, and we're in the process of uh, doing some interviews for that right now, actually. So we're excited. Uh, moving forward, we are here to stay, and we're looking forward to just uh, continuing to, to grow our firm here. Um, you know, we want to expand our client base as well. We, as Caroline mentioned, you know, it's important to educate our clients. They come to us a lot of times with different areas of the law. It's their first time hearing about it, or maybe it's someone's first time going through a divorce, first time wanting to open retail cannabis. And it's important to us that we're able to provide our clients with great knowledge, inform them, so then they can really make the decision and we can be there to, to guide them and really provide the best advice possible. How can people find you? Obviously, you can find us on our Instagram. Um, and our Instagram actually has all of our contact information. So we're right here in downtown Roanoke. We actually just moved. We're in a new space now. Um, we're right on Market Street. So it's, uh, it's pretty easy to find us. Google us. Um, we're there. And uh, just wanted to say, too, that if you are listening to this podcast and you follow her and you follow us on Instagram, um, which is Love Letters to Virginia podcast, uh, you get a 50% discount. I'm going to do a 50% discount for just this month, for the month of January on any consultation that you might want with me. Um, I charge for consultations because I get so many calls, um, emails. It's, it's a lot. Everyone is interested right now. So it's just hard to get all the information out, but I do my best and it's something I'm interested in and I really like, and I love what you're doing. I love, you know, your mission of informing, educating, entertaining. I would say we do more of the informing and educating and you do a good job on the entertaining. We're not very entertaining, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's nice. And, uh, it, we enjoyed it. And I don't know if Caroline mentioned this or not, but our Instagram handle is call her Esquire. And then our firm name right now is McGee Goldstein, Lasky and Sayers. Um, and of course, if you're just old fashioned and want to pick up the phone and call us, it's 540-343-9800 is, is how you can reach us. But we do have our, our Instagram link to our website as well, which is just www.mglspc.com. So we can be reached through that website as well. Do you have any closing remarks? Really focusing on educating and informing is really big. She, uh, you know, helping people through divorces is a huge piece. I mean, you're talking when people's lives are kind of coming apart is when she gets involved criminally with criminal defense or with a divorce personally. Um, those are some of the most difficult times I think you can go through as an individual. So knowing who you can talk to and who you can confide in and who you can really get solid advice from is key. So if you're in doubt, like, please give us a call. Um, she's really good at what she does. And that's not just coming from me. You can talk to any of her clients. It's kind of awesome. It's nice to have that kind of reputation, especially in a small town. It's kind of everything. So we really pride ourselves on that. And um, yeah, that's, that's what we have. Well, I can attest to the fact that you are both 
highly uh, responsive. You're both um, <laughs> very friendly and personable, and I really appreciate that. So I definitely trust that you would be excellent to go to for any advice. Thanks. That's a huge compliment. We appreciate that. We try to be responsive. I know that, you know, when you're dealing with people's personal lives and business and it's, it's important to be reachable for sure. So we try to put a lot of platforms out there. It's where you can get in touch with us if you need us. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so I like to ask everyone this question. How do you recognize someone from Virginia? That's a great question. Oh gosh, <laughs> growing up here, there's certainly different accents based on different regions. So first I would say their accent. And then the other thing I just love about Virginians in general is because our state offers so much and it's so diverse. I mean, you can hit up the beach within a couple hours. You can go skiing. You can go to, you know, any of the lakes, Smith Mountain Lake. There's amazing hiking, at least here in Roanoke where we are. So I guess you could recognize them from their their skis to their hiking boots, right? I think yeah. they, uh, <laughs> no short supply there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate this. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much. This was really awesome. You've been great. Have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you.